let's start Welcome to Hand Pod. Seventy-seven of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam, and I'm joined by Chris. Hey, how's it going? And English Dan. Good evening. And Andres can't be here uh, because he was invited slash obliged in the last minute to attend his niece's birthday party. Um, Where were our invitations? He was going to come, and then his family dropped it on him about half an hour before it began or something, and he was like, "Oh, okay." So he sent me a message to that say he couldn't make it. Does that mean we can say more nasty things about River tonight? Then yes, great. Potentially. Um, although, you know, let, let's wait and hear what the results have been because River were the only team not to draw their match. Well, actually, Belgrano didn't draw their match either, but well, <laughs> you'll see about that one. Uh, the results from the Copa de la Liga quarterfinals uh, were Huracan 1, Platense 1, which was followed by a shootout, which was won by Platense. Uh, Godoy Cruz nil, Banfield nil, which was followed by a shootout, which was won by Godoy Cruz. River 2, Belgrano 1, and Racing 2, Rosario Central 2, which was followed by a shootout, which was won by Rosario Central. Um, There's one so game you're forgetting. Or there, had that already happened there's, there's last time? Copa, we, oh, no, it already happened last time center. we recorded, didn't it? Yes, it had. Um, ah, no, it hadn't, sorry. No, no, it hadn't. Which one? The relegation. The relegation. Yeah, that had happened. We did talk about it quite uh, extensively that was last on week. Friday. Oh, of course, because we recorded on Friday evening. It was Friday oh, about 5pm, wasn't it? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No late because it. you said to watch the end. One mm. game did happen, but it was the promotion from the... Uh... Yeah, we can talk about that later. Okay, great. I thought, I thought the relegation playoff was that night, but it was in the afternoon. Yes, it was. So yeah, we did cover that. I, so don't know, so I don't know the rules. Yep. Ignore me. Ignore me. Um, so, the Copa de la Liga quarterfinals... Not the most um, thrilling set of matches. I saw Huracan Platense. I didn't see Godoy Cruz Banfield. And then I saw both of the matches on Sunday. Riva Belgrano and Racing Central. Which in fairness weren't exactly thrilling. But they were entertaining. Basically Saturday's matches were crap. And Sunday's matches pretty decent. I I enjoyed the Huracan game. I'm going to suggest that we get the Saturday matches out of the way first. uh, And discuss, since you enjoyed it Chris... Uh, Huracan versus Platense. It finished 1-1. Huracan's goal was scored by Walter Matsantiti, who's got two T's in near the end of his surname. Um, with three it's a great name for like a grafico cover model from the 1940s, yeah. 1950s. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, Walter El win Walter Monsante. He scored with three minutes plus stoppage time to go in the, at the end of the first half. Uh, and Luciano Ferreira scored with two minutes plus stoppage time to go at the end of the second half. Great goal as well, uh, it was. To equalise for Platense and send it to that shootout, which, as I told you already, was won by Platense. Uh, Chris, you enjoyed it, so... I, well, I, I enjoyed uh, how it was quite an even game. But both shots had, both teams had about, kind of, shared the amount of shots on goal. It wasn't like one team mm. dominated or anything. Um, 
And uh, Luciano Ferreira's goal, I thought, was excellent. I think he squeezed it through about four um, Huracan defenders as well. Um, and uh, in the penalty shootout itself, I thought Huracan's penalty taking was absolutely piss poor. To, I apologise to start this uh, podcast off with some swearing already. But I thought that, it, like, given that there were three penalty shootouts, Huracan's penalty taking was absolutely terrible. And... Um, with that yeah. effort, you deserve to say goodbye bye uh, to the Copa de la Liga. Yeah, Huracan um, missed two of their four kicks. Yeah, I was going to say they missed their first two, but in fact they didn't, did they? Uh, and it's a bit harsh to say missed, actually. The goalkeeper saved them both. Um, yeah. But, yeah, not the best strikes. It wasn't as if the goalkeeper <laughs> had to do very much to save them. No. I thought, to be honest, the most remarkable thing about that game which wasn't great in the 90 minutes, um, was what came afterwards in uh, Martin Palermo's press conference. Mm-hmm. But he basically came out and complained about all of the press who have just come out, you know, come to look, uh, started linking in with the Boca job and talking about Boca rather than Bladense. Yeah. When it was all him. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say that. After going the week before and saying, yeah, I'm going to be Boca coach if, um, if Magri and Diwara win. I'm sorry, you know. No offense to Blatensi, but this is Boca, this is the biggest job. And now he's like, why are people talking about Boca? Why aren't they talking about Blatensi? I, I briefly, <laughs> kind of jokingly said last week that um, maybe he's auditioning for the Boca job, even though, you know, he kind of has already got it if Macri gets in. Um, but if Platense somehow win this competition with Libertadores football um, on the menu for next season, mm. wouldn't he prefer to, you know... Put, put that to the test in the, the might of Platense? I think that... Um, much as he said last week, no offence to Platense, um, but even if he turns into, overnight, into the best manager in South America, he's not going to win the Copa Libertadores with Platense. And the chance to manage Boca might not come along again. Um, so I can kind of see where he's coming from. I, 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 it, it's, it's a pity, you know, the football romantic in you doesn't want him to do that. And you think, well, you know, if this was my career on football manager, I'd want to try and have a go at yeah. this with the tiny little club. But, yeah, realistically, I think, you know, any, anyone's got to take the job. You know, as we've said before, um, on this podcast about players when River or Boca are interested the floor moves for those players and it's not as if Martin Palermo doesn't have a particular reason to have this sentimental attachment to I, I must digress that this was my Martin Palermo joke of the week really regarding you know each week I seem to come back with different ones um, <laughs> but you know filled okay. a bit of airtime. What will be interesting is when we come to you know the end of Platense's run in this competition, be it this Saturday or next Saturday after the final, Trofeo de Campeones, if they happen to win it, I mean, what's Palermo going to do? Because I think by all accounts, there's not going to be a resolution in Boca before the end of the year. I mean, does he resign at the end of the year, see what happens? Mm. Does he like, hang on at Platense until it seems clear who's going to win in the Boca elections, if they ever happen, or if they're just going to hand... A club to Macri on a silver platter from the courts. What does he do? Does he just resign, you know, do the honourable thing after talking so much shit? Or, or does he kind of go into Platense, you know, 
start of 2024. All right, guys, yeah, that wasn't going anywhere. Not to, uh, not who's up for some Lover of the Orders, eh? Not to digress. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Resigns, Boca. I didn't say anything about Boca. But about? given his comments last week that you were mentioning about how he'd mentioned that he wanted the, the Boca job and now we're saying that he didn't. And if Magri, like you said, seizes the club, isn't that a match made in heaven? You know, it's like bullshitter meets bullshitter. Could be, could be. I don't know whether I call him a bullshitter. I, I think he's... I mean, it's truth-bending. He, he was a little bit too sincere, and then he realised, oh shit, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm still at Platense, this wasn't my last match. Yes, I, exactly. The yes. elections aren't happening yet. Yeah. I have to do something, yeah. Not, not only is this season not over, but my team are still actually playing mm. in competitive matches at the moment. And, and we don't know if yeah. going to win. Kind of like no. forgetting where you are a little yeah, bit, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. Um, so that was Oracan Platense and some of the fallout. And we will talk in a bit more detail about what's happened with the pocket election story since we last mentioned it uh, a bit later on, obviously. Uh, later that evening was <coughs> the only one of these three games that I didn't watch. That was Godoy Cruz nil, Banfield nil, which finished um, 5 3 to Godoy Cruz in the penalty shootout. I watched the highlights of this. Were there any? Well, that's the thing. That in the first half, there was a lot of long shots that went skyward. Clearly, the person that was making the um, the edit of the highlights was uh, at the bottom of the barrel. The only thing I could take of note from this game, that the first penalty in the shootout was from the Godoy Cruz keeper, Diego Rodriguez. That was the only thing of note of this game that I could take from it. Um, he took the very first penalty, which I think is quite odd in a penalty shootout. A goalkeeper taking. He's a very good very taker, to be honest. He, is, um, yeah, he has, he has, he has history, yeah. Taker, isn't he? So, yeah. So, in that respect, not unusual, but in the respect yes. of the goalkeeper taking the first kick, very yeah. much unusual, a yeah. Better unusual penalty me, taker yes. than goalkeeper, some might, uh, <laughs> might venture to say. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Poor but, yeah, that was um, about it. There was a little bit of good goalkeeping in the game, as it was 0 0, but, yeah, not. Not much to talk about in that game, but well done, Godoy Cruz. Indeed, and that brings us on to Sunday's two matches, which, as we said already, were probably the two more entertaining matches. And although uh, it was Riverdale Granal first and Racing Central second, I think we should begin with Racing versus Central uh, because it certainly had a bit more drama, Ooh. most notably that 98th minute penalty by Juan Fernando Quintero to make it 2-2 after Racing had been 2-0 down with about half an hour to play. Um, Dan, you were put through the ringer by it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was definitely a roller coaster of emotions. Um, really good game. Uh, fascinating how it all played out. Um, Racing really on top, I think, in the first half. Uh, Juan Fernando Quintero, you can see like he was just hell-bent on... Uh, on sealing that, you know, um, reunion with River because just played out of his skin the entire game, just uh, running the the Racing attack, um, you know, lots and lots of possession for Racing, lots of kind of near misses, half chances, kind of just getting through behind the last man and not quite being able to get the shot off. Um, all of that to completely fuck it up in the. 52nd minute or 7th minute of first half injury time um, when first Leonardo Ciali for no reason whatsoever decided to have bas- you know, try to play basketball with the ball 
about 40 yards from his own goal, hmm. uh, giving away the free kick. And then, straight afterwards, Gabriel Larias, the goalkeeper, thought he'd give boxing a go. Yes. Jumping out and just I'm trying to remember smashing. what the penalty was given for. And it I think it was it. someone in the face, basically. Yeah. yeah. Was it, it, it Campas? Or, I know he took the penalty, but... Um, I think it was... If you type clear-cut penalty into Google, that video will probably come up. <laughs> he caught him nicely. <laughs> if it was a l- less meaningful game, I, I would have been pissed myself with laughter, but... Uh, yeah, he got him good, like. To, to, just to be clear for the benefit of, of listeners who haven't seen the highlights or anything, it, it, this wasn't like a deliberate violent act. It no, was just a no. very, very clumsy attempt to punch the ball clear. I think he got... As a Rosario Central I think he got a tiny bit of the ball. Yeah. Like, I there did was want... some contact on the ball. He also but... got a lot of the other bloke's cheekbone. He got a lot of the other bloke's face, yeah. I wonder whether he, like, once the game was over and he'd like got over the loss, he just thought... I regret nothing, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I from watching the from watching the game. I, I, I mean, we talked about it briefly, you and I, da- last night, Dan. But um, the it did seem like once they were two 0 down, Racing, they were really kind of playing suicide football, and they could have been punished even further. Um, I mean, I Racing mean, played re- suicide football yeah, at the best. But Rosario Central, like, they they really missed some quite obvious chances that could have made it 3 or 4-0 at that moment. They've missed some real clear-cut, like, yeah. easy chances. So Sickly. just to, to um, continue filling people in on what happened, I was Dean Sandes made it 2-0 to Central an hour in. I can't remember that goal at he all. He converted completely unmarked from short range, kind of from a nodded down oh, yeah. free kick or corner. Um, the same goal that about 50 people have scored on Racing over the course of the year. Yeah, and, and then, as, as Chris says, Racing went full suicide mode, which, in fairness, it is a knockout game. Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah. It, it, losing five or six nil is exactly and the Central same. Central were still going for it as well. They were yeah. looking But, they, like, Central, they do need to, like, look at themselves and think, like, we could have killed this game off and, like, not risked losing it in the penalty shootout, which they almost did. Um, no, nah, it's much the, more fun that way. It's, yeah, I mean, fun, yeah, fun for you on your side. They're following but. the example set by the national team around this time last year. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Very, very similar to a couple of the games we saw in Qatar. I, I don't know. I'll be um, in my own corner on this one. I think it was... I think more than anything, it was a game that just kind of um, confirms, you know, a lot of the Argentine presses, you know, the theories about uh, the C- Colombian players, because we have three <laughs> Colombians at their most mercurial hmm. um, on Sunday night. Uh, Hamilton Campas, who scored the the penalty for Central, such a good performance, like just drove Racing insane down the left wing, like just. Had the ball dangerous all night. Mm. Completely went to sleep on a one-on-one trying to do about six cutbacks when he really just needed either to poke it at the net or pass it to one of his four teammates who were completely free and just didn't get the shot off at all. Um, Roger Martinez um, been benched for like the last three games because he's just been wildly kind of erratic and kind of sporadic for Racing since he's come back but then just comes off the bench dribbles past about four people in the box and somehow gets it in from like a ridiculous angle and in the final minute Quintero and the other thing I'll say about Martinez I would would say Quintero I wouldn't say was uh in this match, I don't think he was mercurial. I think, as, as you said earlier, he just he ran it. He was brilliant. But if you have one um, word to describe but, Quintero's career yes, indeed, on balance over the, the last the, ten years, yeah. 
but the other thing that I particularly enjoyed about Martinez was that he got booked for arguing with the ref after the ref had given Racing the penalty later. <laughs> yes. Which was like... <laughs> you need to, at that moment, you need to just like stop. That's the, that's the point. Stop, of stop shouting at the man who's helping yeah. the team. <laughs> that was a penalty given for a handball from Facundo Macho, mm. um, who also got booked because he just... I think he cleans Martinez out or Martinez cleans him out. Like They had a proper fight. It wasn't given straight away, though, was it? It was VAR. That, um, it was VAR, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was VAR. But I think they were already fighting. I can't remember if they were already fighting or if... I don't know. Uh, anyway. The yeah, so in fairness, it might, it might well have been yeah. for, um, for that argument rather than for... It was still fairly <laughs> unnecessary, but maybe a little less unnecessary than, than mm-hmm. Sam's trying to paint. Um, in the end, it was a penalty. Quintero finally got his goal after really, as I say, really having a good game. And he, he had a really good one uh, the previous Monday uh, against Bergadano. Where he scored two goals, and that took us to penalties again. It's quite where a long issue. Campas and Quintero yeah. and Martinez all scored this, hmm. which was good. Weren't both the first penalties missed from both teams? No, no. Which game was that? Both the I first penalties. One of the games. Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, Marshall, the penalty committer, missed his penalty in the third round. Yeah. I need to see Anibal Moreno do exactly the same thing. That was what I was thinking. Sorry, it wasn't the first. It was the, the next third. four went in for each team, and Sigali misses the eighth Racing kicker uh, to send Central through seven to six, with Arias facing eight penalties on them, no, nine penalties on the night, and not getting a save from any of them. And I saw a stat afterwards. Um, he hasn't saved any of the 26 penalties he's um, faced as a Racing keeper. Yes, because Racing's two, inverted commas, misses in the shootout were actually goalkeeper saves, whereas Central's miss was a shot off the target. bar. Yeah. Off, off the bar? But I think it went wide, didn't it? I don't think he hit the woodwork. I thought it yeah, went when he or, over. or over. But yeah. quite narrowly, it was, it was close yeah, it to wasn't the far. target, but it, it didn't. Yeah. But he was very accurate with hitting someone in the face earlier in the game this so, is true you know, this is true every cloud yeah um, it was an Armani-esque uh, penalty shootout performance what I've learned this week Sam is um, don't text Dan straight after a Racing defeat that's my moral of the week yeah. you know why you learn you, something I mean, new every week why would you do that like, just don't you know, you, don't, don't we'll, bother we'll, we'll have to get you in the WhatsApp group Chris so that you've got the um Protection in numbers. <laughs> I didn't do anything no, particularly egregious. No, no, nothing at all. But it's just, you know, I was trying to be nice, but at the same time, like, why would, what's the point, you know? Anyway, River Plate. Indeed, yes. Um, thank you for that segue. That was very. <laughs> so it was a bit, a bit Tourette's, but yeah. I, I think it's fair to say um, that. While it was more entertaining than the two matches on Saturday, this was the less dramatic of the games on Sunday. Really? Uh, well, well, late, drama, minute, uh, late drama. In that it was a bit less even. Uh, overall, um, you know, River were made to sweat and to work for it, but I don't think there was really very much of an argument that they were lucky because uh, they did, I mean, they completely dominated the first half without really producing very many clear cut chances, but they are some ridiculous percentage of, of possession and 
the, the better, the more progressive play. And in well, the they had half, their chances, so let's be, let's be fair. In the first half, did they? No, nah, second half. Oh, okay, right. oh yeah, second so, half yeah. was much more lively than the, the first. The second half things opened up a bit. River, oh, in fact, Belgrano had that goal disallowed, didn't they? Uh, yeah. About, um, I said uh, five or six minutes into the second half. Great um, goal, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, Beautiful uh, cross from uh, Facu Lencioni. Yeah, it was an, a, yeah, a shame it was ruled out, but it was, it was a beautiful cross. Having said that, I will say that it was a good example of the commentators just here, just milking stuff as much as they could and trying to come up with a controversy when when the ball was played over mm. before it reached uh, oh, the guy who chested it down and then played it out wide. I can't remember who it was. I I went well, that's offside. Like while the ball was still in flight, yeah. and then it turned out that like when they actually showed the replay with the freeze frame, it was considerably tighter than it had seen because of the right-hand centre-back who was not the guy marking him. It was almost playing him on. But it was still like, yeah, there's not really any... Con- that, it's, it's pretty clear-cut. That's yeah. it. I don't want to spend even a single minute on VAR because I hate talking about it. But, like, the the people in the stadium, obviously, like, you know, can't see shit when, when it's on but now it, it does feel a little bit like whenever like there's a VAR decision like commentators are insulting our intelligence as viewers as well where they're just like trying to pretend like the, the, like you said like add the controversy to something of nothing really um, yeah exactly yeah. Um, about 10 minutes after that uh, River went ahead and Salomon Rondon continued to extend his lead uh, over um, Paulo Guerrero in terms of uh, goals scored in Argentine club football in 2023 um from an Enzo Diaz assist, a uh, nice cross in from the left and a header? Yeah, it was a deflected header, so he, right, he headed it, it but then the defender kind of deflected it in. Yeah, uh, Lucas Passerini equalised for Belgrano with 10 minutes to go. Uh, I can't remember what that one looked like. I think I've got it confused, I think it was the Lentioni cross for that, and then um, it was originally ruled out for offside, but then VAR overturned that and gave it. Yes. Fra- Franco Hara was the one who had it. Um, that was it, yeah. He scored the one that was disallowed. Um, yeah, and then in the 94th minute, Facundo Colidio, which seems like a name who... Has, he was at Tigre. Oh no, I know who he is, I'm just thinking he, he hasn't scored very much. No, that was his right, first, first River goal. First River goal. Only gets big goals. Only gets don't score often, but they're important. Yeah. Did he sign in the middle of the year? He signed Still from Inter, yes. wouldn't it? Um, uh, June, July. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and another assist from Enzo Diaz with a low cross from the left. Uh, so Enzo Diaz, not a name that our listeners will have heard very much of, uh, in spite of the fact that he is twenty-eight years old. It's not like we haven't talked about him at all, but yeah. Decent little left back. Yeah. Looks younger than he is. I'm slightly disappointed to call up his stats and find that he, in fact, he's going to turn 29 tomorrow. Uh, so happy birthday. Um, <laughs> and yeah, perhaps a slightly less interesting player to talk about because he's not like 19. Rondon, though, like, I must say, I, I was I watched Rondon in the Everton years. Oh, God. And, like, it seems like he's, like, decreased in age by about five years since he signed for River. I mean... It's not really a shock that he would look better against Liga Profesional slash Copa de la Liga Profesional defenders than but against Premier League. Boys. Agreed, but he looks you say like that, but in good, I've good wa- We were watching the goals from the Premier League earlier and the defending is fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> but he looks like in much better shape than he did, say, 
18 months ago. Like, he looks generally like a bit more of a spring chicken. So. I mean, he looked terrible the first, what, five, ten games yeah, he played yeah, for River. Really like, slow off he had place. to come back. Um, he, he is certainly looking a lot more mobile. I'll agree with that. Uh, the other thing, I can't remember which match it was in, but I remember there was one um, bit where somebody had the ball down by the down the byline on kind of the right-hand side of the pitch, a winger, and was trying to cut inside, and defender just went straight through him, and the referee's <laughs> like, yeah, that's a goal kick. Yeah. And it just made me think, it, it, it made me laugh, and it made me remember the number of you know comments that we've all heard before about, oh, you know, players not being able to... Having, having to step it up a notch if they move to Europe because of the increased physicality. And you're like, you've not watched any matches. Not that that has anything to do with, with this or with talking about Enzo Diaz or Salomon Rondon, but yeah, I was just reminded of it when you were talking about the physicality for a second there. Um, but yeah, overall, so Belgrano push... And I think actually, if I remember rightly, after Belgrano's equaliser, they had another chance or two maybe half chance they had a couple of chances in, yeah. in the sort of few minutes around that so River did as I said have to have to dig deep I, I did think River's defending overall. River's defending was a bit shaky I didn't think it was like spot like if they're going to mm. win the whole thing which obviously they're probably favourites to do I don't think it's a it's a guarantee obviously you said before that it's like tournament football anyone could win it but like you would put River as the as the front runners but I don't think on based on this performance that they look dead set to win this win this tournament. They 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 can concede and another team could punch them. I don't know. Ojo con Central. Yeah, agreed. It's not going to be easy. Go. I think if they get past Central, Godi Cruz or Platense, I mean, you got to be winning that. But Central is going to going to be a game. Yeah, two very attacking teams. Open. I think um, if they end up with Godi Cruz in the final, that could be an interesting <laughs> match as well. Um, as long as, it's, as long as he's not played in Mendoza. I was going to say, do you think they'd request... River um, have the away advantage. They'd request <laughs> for it to be played in Mendoza. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's a kind of a weird one, because as, as Chris says, like the defence looks shaky, it's just that Belgrano didn't really get, weren't able to get at it enough, um, because River dominated the ball so much, and were going forward so much, and, and so River were the deserved winners, and yet when, when Belgrano did get forward, yeah, you're right, that River were sort of hanging on a little bit. Um, but I guess it helps as well that A, their opponents can barely ever get a shot on target mm. and B, when they do much as we laugh at him and he's you know, clearly not as good as some of the other options who are off playing in Europe and whatnot Frank Wainwani is one of the better goalkeepers in the league still Yeah. Um, when it comes to pure shot stopping like, exactly, yeah. everything said, else uh, it, there was one moment in the game where he punched it out like very randomly and I don't know just, <laughs> there, there are a few odd decisions for him I just, I just think like obviously they got that last minute winner but like had they have not would have been penalty shootout and that, that would have been that and so that, that's why I'm saying it's not just like the dead cert that um, the, it's theirs to win mm, indeed uh, the Semis are, as we've just said, going to be Godoy Cruz versus Platense and River versus Rosario Central, both on Saturday. Do we know the venues? Uh, let me see whether Sofa Score mentions them. While you look for them, I think it would be quite sad if it was a River Platense final. That's a very small region of Buenos Aires <laughs> that that would cover rather than the whole yeah. of the country, you know, at least spread it out. A bit of David Tresege Classico. <laughs> uh, Here we go. River Central is in Córdoba. Okay. So River is staying in Curva and Platense and Gole Cruz are going to the Estadio Marcelo Bielsa. Okay. Uh, Rosario. Yes, thank Just, you. just in case. Yes, <laughs> um, cool. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm guessing the final must be in Santiago, right? Santiago Latino. If I haven't used it for any of the quarters or semis, mm. they're saving it for the final show. Good point. Although I noticed that one of the quarterfinals, which one was it? That was, was it Huracan Platense that was played in San Juan? Yeah. And only <laughs> when it was actually on my TV screen did I realise they weren't playing it at the Bicentenario. They were playing it at some other much smaller stadium. Really? San Juan. Yeah. It wasn't a new one. It looked like one of the local club uh, stadia. I wonder whether the venue's missed it. Sure about that. So I'm sure I saw the stadium was so empty you could see Bicentenario written on the side. Oh, really? It didn't. It didn't look like a new ground to me. It looked like a just an old, slightly run-down, normal one. Honey. No, yeah. it was a Bicentenario. Oh, okay. Huh. Well, I didn't see a wide shot of it. I just saw no. the, the the main angle TV camera. So clearly, I was mistaken. Um, but anyway. I think that the most likely lineup for a final is is probably Godoy Cruz v River, mm. um, but obviously Platense don't write them off, right? I mean, Can't in, anymore. in Group B, Godoy Cruz finished two points above Platense. Yeah. Um, I would, I would, I think I would like to see. Godoy. I just realised that it's one, it's an all Group A semi-final and an all Group B semi-final. River Central from Group A. Godoy Cruz Platense from Group B. Sorry, Chris. No, I was just saying Godoy Cruz was the only team over the weekend that, uh, who are through that didn't concede. Um, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing them in the final. Why not? Um, yeah. Probably because I've got a Godoy Cruz shirt that I bought in Mendoza a few weeks, uh, a few months ago. So uh, <laughs> that's my only allegiance. You know, I don't. Re- I don't to be honest, I don't really care. Uh, and in fact, I've just how many goals did Platense score in my match? They they drew one one. Godoy Cruz drew one. Which means that those two teams uh, have now both scored fewer goals than they have played matches in this Copa de la Liga. Because Godoy, <laughs> Cruz, finished the group stage. Godoy Cruz finished the group stage with 14 goals for 14 matches and therefore have now played 15 times and only scored 14. And Platense finished the group stage with 13 goals from 14 matches and therefore now have 13 and 15 and have conceded... 14 and 15, sorry. Sorry, yes, you're, yes of course, because they drew 1-1 and uh, have conceded now, including that 1-1 draw in the quarter-final, 17 goals in 15 matches, uh, and yet they're in the semi-final. If only Bamford could have gone through with 11 goals in 15 matches. Yeah. That I mean, would have been something. Indeed it would have been. Um, <laughs> but only conceding six goals in 15 matches too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is an ironclad defence, if ever I've seen one. Mm. Um we won't talk about how many goals per match everybody else has got. No, place. I mean, there's not much more. We will be here all night. Indeed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't think that there is any potential um, final of the... How many different finals could we have? Godoy Cruz River. Platense Central. Platense River. Godoy Cruz River. So four, different, four possibilities, right? Yes. I've got yes. that right. For the final. I, 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 think I love that we were just saying we don't want to be here all night as well. <laughs> it's different combinations. But, but anyway, I don't think that there is a possible combination. Can you tell all the score combinations yeah. that we'll have as well? That could be nil-nil, nil-one, one-nil. It's just so many numbers that, yeah. uh, that teams could potentially score. How many yellow cards? God knows. A maximum? No, I'm not going to do that. No. Um, but I don't, I don't think there's any potential combination that would make for an just a really unattractive final. Mm. Admittedly, part of the reason for that is that Godoy Cruz are playing Platense in the semi-final. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like either way, if, if one of them get, you know, Platense, it's going to be... Um, 
made a little bit more interesting perhaps by A, the fact it's Platense with the mm. chance of winning a national title, and B, the whole Martin Palermo forgetting he was still managing them thing that we were talking about a few minutes ago. Central and River playing at 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's the morning, isn't it? In the morning? In the evening. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I prefer the morning. Oh, 10 o'clock is very late for me now. Because, you know, nobody wants to do anything else on a Saturday night. I'm, I'm, I haven't got a problem with that. I've got a kid, like, what am I going to Oh, no, I, I realise that for you, but I'm asleep. Sort of, you know, in terms of them scheduling the match with the aim of mm. getting eyeballs on it, it does seem a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, and also, there's going to be, what, nearly a... If God Cruz Platense is resolved inside 90 minutes, there's going to be more than a two-hour gap yeah. between that one finishing and the next one kicking off. Ridiculous. Mm. But, you know, Alpha. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, we're going to take a half-time break now, refill our glasses, and when we get back, we will talk a little bit about the Boca Juniors... Um, Goings on. Election, just what's going on. But quickly, like, it's so sad. It should be a regular feature, I think, what's going on with Boca this week. It might be. Um, If it carries on for very much longer, it will turn into one. Um, And some other stuff that will no doubt occur to us. For now, don't go away. It's a question I asked down a minute ago, and I'm sure some of you will be wondering as well, uh, is that the Copa Argentina final is the other match um, that we're still waiting for this year, and that will be played next Wednesday, apparently. Yes, nine o'clock. Between? Estudiantes and Defensa Justicia. Thank you very much. Two teams which are about, what, 15, 20 kilometres away, so I'm sure they're going to be playing in Córdoba or Mendoza (laughs) or... Yeah. Or awesome. Santa Cruz, Ushuaia. Um, <laughs> the next thing is that we told you that we were going to... Lanús, for now. Oh, wow, okay. Since a sudden outbreak of sensible thinking in the AFA. No offence to Lanús or anyone involved in them, but it's not the most Glamorous. national cup final sort of venue I can think of. Yeah, but I mean... Region, but I think it's also not neither it, it is a fair sized stadium though. So. Yeah. But then also not the most gl- not the most glamorous final in a way as well. So maybe it's fitting for the for the teams. Uh, I, I think it would have been kind of quite funny to hold it at River or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but which which <laughs> concert is at which concert is at Monumental this week? You yeah, know, that's so. true indeed. Um, the next thing is that we told you before the break that we were going to discuss Boca Juniors ongoing presidential election stuff. I, I saw, while these two were out having a cigarette, and I was scrolling down Twitter, that uh, yesterday Juan Roman Riquelme threw a little bit more kindling on the fire by saying that uh, his signings were being criticised by his electoral opponents, but that he brought in Edinson Cavani, whom he called the best foreigner in the history of Argentine football. Um, which is... 
a generous assessment of Mr. Cavani's time um, in Argentine football, not least because, of course, the all-time top goal scorer in the Argentine top flight is a foreigner, uh, and Cavani is not going to be challenging him for the title. Um, but other than that, what's going on? I mean, the and they're ho- they've got a new judge to oversee something, and I'm hoping that he or she might. No, it's come back to the original judge now. Oh, was it? Oh, yes. Right. And b- before you get stuck into it, Dan, I mean, we should mention since we were last here on Friday, I think we were, like, like yeah. a lot has happened. Mm-hmm. But over the weekend, Raquel May kind of had a, a little bit of a. A rally, you a could rally, call it, yeah. in, uh, was it Parque de Sama? Yes. Um, which uh, a lot of Boca fans uh, united for, and there was like some quite good camera shots, whether you like or dislike Riquelme, of him in the middle, mm-hmm. just swarmed by fans, and it was kind of <laughs> as, as if he was like the messiah, and everybody's trying to like touch the messiah kind of thing. It was all very nicely staged, but at the same time, like visually... Somewhat appealing compared to his opponents, one could say. Yes, yes. His, his opponents actually had a press conference at a hotel not all that far away from here. Mm. Um, just a, what, a couple of hours ago. We weren't invited. Um, no. And I was quite amused. I had the television on mute uh, at this point because I was watching something, uh, streaming something on, on the laptop. Um, but I was quite amused to look up at the TV and see that for something like the first 10 minutes of this press conference, uh, Mauricio Macri, who is pretending to be the vice presidential candidate was the one who was doing all of the talking. Uh, yeah, both he passed it out. The other bloke, whose name was Ibarra? Ibarra. Aníbal uh, Ibarra, was yeah. Just, was just standing there. Or sitting there, I should say. Yes, he let Ibarra talk a little bit, but it was definitely Mac. It was sure. definitely like, pass the mic and, oh, yeah. can I have the mic back, please? Mm. So, yeah. after we last recorded, possibly on Saturday... There was an announcement that there might be a new judge overseeing the case and this person might be a little bit friendlier to, basically to the people who want the election to take place, i.e. to Rick Henry's party. Yeah. Uh, and now, Daniel, saying that he's back with the original judge who is the one who seems to be helping Macri to... Yeah, the sister of um, one of the party leaders in Macri's coalition. Mm-hmm. Um and that is to say, actual political party rather than Boca Juniors yes, internal party kind of thing. Um, and Macri has filed criminal complaints against uh, Riquelme now. Yeah, claiming on for incitation of violence uh, and racial discrimination. Yeah. Yeah. Also, racial claim- discrimination against whom? Oh, Macri, I see. Also claiming his daughter has been has received threats, like yeah. death threats or, or some kind of threat. Um, it's all getting very serious. Yeah. Like. It's it's hard to put him into the victim yeah. car- uh, yeah. category, really. But he's really trying. But he's to trying, us. yeah. Um, Sorry, he's. <laughs> You're as flabbergasted as we yeah. are. Yeah. I it's... mean, but some of our listeners might not know what Mauricio Macri looks like. But I'm struggling mm. to understand under what possible circumstance in pretty much any country in the world he could be racially discriminated against in a meaningful way, particularly in his own country. I don't know, but the article of the law under which he um, he uh, complained <laughs> against Riquelme nice. has the kind of the figure of you know racial discrimination or or something like that, and it will shock you to know that the judge. 
upon which this uh, complaint has fallen was also named to the judiciary by Macri and was the one that basically botched the entire investigation into the assassination attempt on Christina Kirchner. I have a feeling you might have mentioned at least one of those two facts on last week's episode. But yeah. I mean, it only happened today. So oh, really? It's unlikely. I, I, but it, <laughs> the <laughs> other judge was also appointed by Macri. And right. Was, uh, yeah. Oh, okay, it's a different judge who was appointed by yes. Macri. I see, okay. Assume, unless you hear otherwise, that all of the judges are in favour of Macri, because that is how it feels um, today. I made a comment uh, last right now. I made a comment last week about how you know we spend half the episode deciphering Argentinian football, but I feel like today we cleared up the the fixtures and the results very cleanly, well, and instead there were only four of them to do. Yeah, but we still did it so smoothly, and yet here we are trying to decipher everything that's gone on in the last like five days, not even seven days. At one club. At one club, uh, yes, the one of the biggest clubs in, in this country, but still just the power dynamic of it all is, I mean, it's great television, I guess, you know, we're all talking about it, it's working, uh, but like, you know, people have very quickly forgotten about the, the real presidential elections in this country and are talking about this nonstop, but at the same time, like it's, oh, it's like, it's got, it's got very ugly very quickly is my honest mm. assessment of it. I think most significant from today's mountain of shit that Macri was talking was that he gave the clearest hint yet that intervention and like getting Rekeme out of the club via his mates in the courts is like the way they're going to go because it's like he came out and said Rekeme's term is done and he wouldn't have the authority to choose a new coach or do anything like that. Let's hope this all gets resolved. Uh And that in Macri speak is let's get a judge in and yes. we'll get this sorted. Let's hope. Let's hope, his yeah. version of kind of, let's, let's hope she doesn't meet with a yes. little accident. If only, yeah, if only some person in the court system would be on my side and see it the same way I do. Hmm. I, I was asking Dan before um, you arrived tonight, Sam, but like, if Macri like comes out of all of this with, you know, a, a loss and, and a, a lot of egg on his face, hmm. so to speak, like, you, it does make you wonder, like, what was the gain of all of this? If Riquelme wins legit and Riquelme continues, like, what was the point of all of this? I think he's come to the same conclusion, which would explain a hell of a lot of what's going on now. Yeah. Um, he seems determined at least not to lose. If he doesn't seem to think he has much chance of winning, but no, Magri he very well might not lose. I've seen old white men on ego trips before, but this really, like, takes the piss. <laughs> um, it's, like, quite childish in a he's way how he's behaving. The envelope, it yeah. is, like, throwing toys out the pram yeah. and then picking them up and then throwing them back out again. Um, yeah, it's it's not nice. I mean, and I know you struggle to sympathise with, with Boca Juniors, Dan. I'm sure you do as well, Sam. Ah, uh, and yet, oh, I don't know. It's, It'd be really the worst part of this if I have to start feeling sorry for Boca. Like, I think you're already there. I'm close, but please, someone with some sort of, sort of sense come in and avoid that horrible scenario. Please. Where's Andres when you need him? I mean, so here's my sort of, I guess, question yeah. to those of you who've been uh, paying more attention to this story than I have. 
Um, but what, and I realise that we covered this a little bit last week as well, just just kind of remind us and maybe expand on what you said last week, Dan. But what, what is the kind of legal or club constitutional basis for them trying to just be named as the president without holding an election? It wouldn't necessarily be that. Because, you know, from what you the said election doesn't week, happen and Macri takes over as president. What you said um, last week is that he is trying, if I remember rightly, you said he's trying to string this out until the 15th of December, mm-hmm. which is when Riquelme's term and, and would officially end, like, yeah. um, term is officially over, and then say, oh, there's no, the club can't be without a president, so you need to announce us as the president mm-hmm. for some reason, even though, like, five people want him to actually be club president, <laughs> and he's one of them. Um, so, but, but what, like... The clear definition of a coup, as I said last week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it would basically come down to another judge or someone in the new government, which is going to take over on Sunday, looking at Bocca's statutes, looking at what it says about term limits, when a term begins, a term ends, and interpreting that, according to the statute, this means that if a president's term ends on a certain date, it means... After that date, he has to go mm-hmm. and intervene in the club until fresh elections or fresh authorities can be can be chosen. I see. And yes, yeah. So when you say similar to what happens in in the Afro, right? Yeah. Uh, Pre Chiquitabia. Yeah, now I remember you going. Which was Macri too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, lots of coincidences. So we're basically a member of the judiciary overseeing the club, and that member of the judiciary would obviously be somebody who Macri put in charge when he was president of the country. Yes. I'm sorry. Okay, cool. But then then it's just going to cause so much... If that does go, happen, there's going to be so much chaos. There's going to be so many fans like protesting. There's going to be riots on the mm. street. There's going to be police involved. People are going to... Like, innocent... Innocent people. Like, pe- people like who have a big passion for Boca like, are going to get physically hurt. And all for what? Because one man just... You know, it's decided he hasn't got enough power already that he wants a hell of a lot more. Yeah, um, essentially. That's that's magically for you, though. But. Yeah, it's not nice. Anyway, let's talk about something football-related, yes, because yeah. otherwise I'm going to get angry. Uh, Deportivo Riestra. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so last week, we discussed uh, Deportivo Riestra's romantic possibility of playing in the top flight. And what we left out of last week's discussion, uh, largely, anyway, was that, um, uh, which I only really became aware of, because I don't really pay much attention to the lower leagues, um, in our WhatsApp chats as they were going up, which is that they seem to have spent the entire year basically cheating their way <laughs> to promotion, from what uh, Santi and Seba were saying anyway. Can you fill us in on this, Dan? Um, yeah, Dan. I... Or Chris. I have <laughs> no evidence other than, you know, Here's a couple of dodgy decisions. Um to maintain that they have cheated and bought their way to uh, the Primera Nacional. Um, what I will say is along to, the way... To, to the Primera, to the Liga Profesional, because they've just... To the Liga Profesional, so from the Primera Nacional would be the correct proposition. Preposition. Um, what I will say is that if any of the other teams feel a bit shortchanged by this, they should have just done better and, and beat them, to be honest, because it's really kind of a ragtag club. Like, 10 years ago, they were in the Primera D. Hmm. Um, 
and until they, spirit, you know, until spiritual advisor Diego Maradona came on board, and then their fortunes began to turn. <laughs> that was clearly the turning point. Yeah. Um, plus, the fact you know, having money to hire Maradona as his spiritual advisor would suggest that you also have money to buy a good team that would be able to to climb the pyramid. But I think um, we should take a moment to. Yeah, I think there's two parts of this. Like when they're not a great team. They haven't got the history. They're traditionally like in the bottom reaches of the pyramid. Um, they, they've been no bad. one is particularly happy to see them, and yeah. that's valid. You know, their stadiums worse than Howsham Towns, um, where I used to go to see my dad play in the Sussex County Divi- County League Division One. Um, but at the same time, it's like. There's a little bit of snobbery around it as well. It's like, oh, you know, how is this tiny club coming up? Um, why, you know, why aren't Ferro there? Why aren't Chacarita there? Like, why aren't all these great teams that I watched in the 80s there? Um, they're not there because they've generally been crap for 40 years. And Retra have been good for 10 years. Although I will with say... With controversies along the way, but... I will say that they beat... Um... Deportivo Maipú 1-0 uh, in the playoff final on Saturday I think it was yeah. um, but because you mentioned Chacarita I'll just point out they did finish 17 points behind Chacarita in mm. the um, group stage of the Primera Nacional that just finished so like, yeah but Chacarita needed something like two points from their last three games to win the division yeah, to win the division and they completely bricked it so yeah. you know you didn't want to. You don't want to play against Retra. Win your last games, like. We should take a moment to be sad for Deportivo Maipú though, because we almost had three Mendoza teams in the oh, that's top good, league. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, next next year, but instead we've only got the two, um, which is one more than last year, but still, it could have been three. Um, what was I going to say? There was something I was going to. Add to, to this point, not a lot. Oh yeah, that was it. Uh, you did make me laugh on not to stick my head up your ass, Dan. But you did make me laugh on Twitter the other day when you compared because their stadium is right next to San Lorenzo Stadium, yes. correct? Um, but if you can call that a stadium, um, they're, they're I think fe- that's harsh. I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a stadium. Yeah. San Lorenzo don't want to be playing there, Chris. But... <laughs> Very good. Sam. For a Very moment, uh, no. Um, but you maybe you I believe and maybe it's just because my Twitter slash X algorithm um, brings your tweets up to my feed sooner than others. But you were the first person to point that out mm-hmm. that I saw that how close their stadiums were, mm-hmm. and then I saw the exact same thing, which I believe it was even the same screenshot go viral from many other accounts. So. Well, there you um, go. I don't know. Congratulations on probably being the first to say it, but uh, commiserations <laughs> to other people stealing your content. If you hang around on the internet for long enough, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yes, that's um, fine. But they are very close. Um, apparently, slightly more distance than Racing really? to Independientes. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Racing and Independientes is like 300 metres and. Uh, San Lorenzo and Deportivo Retras or something like 500. So what Riestra needs to do is use that secondary pitch that's just mm. next to their main stadium and Make the between stadium their there. main stadium and San Lorenzo Stadium <laughs> so that they can beat the record. Um, 
Shall we move on to listeners' questions? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, good grief. Uh, okay. Oh, I'm going to go with the fortunate... So this person has an Irish name, which I was not at all confident of being able to pronounce properly. Uh, but their Twitter at handle um, contains what looks like the same name in English. So Peter McCullough says... What are your thoughts on the setup for the new season ahead with the Copa starting before the Standard League? Okay, so it looks like Peter has actually done his research, unlike what we were saying last week with, oh, which is it first? Mm. As I said, I, th- I think I said last week that I had a feeling I'd read somewhere you, that the Copa did. I think you, it was going to be the first time. We suggest- said it should be. You, oh, yeah. you, and you suggested that it, that it was going to happen, you, that you might have heard it somewhere, but I you weren't sure. I not where or yeah. when I'd, I'd read that, but I thought I had. And it seems like Peter's also read that, so fingers crossed it happened. Our thoughts, uh, I can't speak for these two, my thoughts are that that's the right way around to do it, if only because, apart from the fact that the league is the more meaningful thing, so it seems to make more sense to finish the season with the league being handed out, uh, it also means that more teams are going to be, to actually have something to do for further into the season, whereas at the moment we've got a bunch of teams who've been on holiday for a week and a half now and don't have very much to do for the rest of the month and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that relegation gets sorted out in a slightly more natural manner with everybody at least playing everybody else in the few months that lead up to two of them or three of them or four of them or possibly none of them being relegated depending on what the AFA decide in July. Um, it just, yeah, it, I think it's the better way around to do it. Yeah, I think I said the same thing in quite vehement terms a couple of months ago when, when we talked about this, just like the ridiculousness of having the cup before the league like, just yeah. didn't make any sense and I'm glad they've seen sense listened to me and taken us on board also the cup going on while another cup is going on that doesn't really make a lot of sense um, my only tweet well three cups like, yeah it's Copa Argentina and Copa de la Liga that's too many cups it is too many cups my only tweak and I'm sure Dan disagrees with me because we talked about it earlier but um, maybe you agree or disagree Sam I think they should have extra time in the Copa de la Liga. I think uh, we were talking about it earlier with the Racing Central game. I think given that uh, Racing got back right back into that game at the end and then it just went straight to a penalty shootout and then it was all over. I'm a, I'm a man who really hates penalty shootouts. I think that it's a mini game that should never really be involved in football unless it really has to be. So I, feel and the so I, I would say just like, I, I think we were robbed of an extra half an hour of like a someone getting a winner the other night. So I would say bring back extra time for the Copa de Liga. But it won't happen. Completely in disagreement. Hate extra time. I think it's an anachronism, which... But if I'm things being deserved on penalties. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. A mini it's game. Almost every game that goes to extra time is eventually... Uh, Decide on penalties. No. So why string it out? Just go straight to penalties. No one wants it's to see another. It's a team sport that suddenly goes. And considering to, how to long fucking football games last now with all the early time var everything, don't give me another half hour. No, give me another. Just half give hour. me something which is going to be over in five minutes so I can go to bed or have dinner. No. That's the cynic in you speaking. No if this was hand of pod time. number time is done. if this was hand of pod seven, you'd be completely in agree with me. But because I've, you've grown up and have a child these days, you're you've become such a cynic. The best thing about the Libertadores in relation to the Champions League is that there is no extra time. We won't. What I will say about that is, I think it makes it's more defensible to not have extra time in a two-legged tie. But the Copa de la Liga isn't two-legged. Exactly. Nor is the Copa Argentina. Um, 
let's put it this way. Thank would you, Sam. You I want, always liked you. I mean, would you have fun. wanted to watch half an hour? It's fine doing it with, you know, Racing Central. Would you have wanted to watch another half hour of Corre Cruz Banfield? Absolutely. Who deserves Did that? Did you but not see No one deserves that. The but, but shots going over, that was classic <laughs> football. I wanted more of that. It was horrible. And let's take this the other way and point out that yeah. on the 18th of December last year, yeah. the World Cup final ended 2-2 after 90 minutes and nobody, at least none neutrals, were complaining about having to watch another half hour of that. Thank you, it was Sam. amazing. Thank you, Sam. You're going to point just to that match. Like, okay, the World Cup final can have extra time. But it, All of the other games... No, but it's a football game that hasn't been decided and someone needs to be decided. You can't decide it by a mini-game full of individuals my rather point. than a team sport. I still would be fine with the World point. Cup final. You're just saying it because you want to go to bed earlier. My point is that sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we watch matches and the same thing happens like... All the time in in league competition, which everyone's mm. watching as well, right? Or cup cup competition, and there isn't an equaliser late on, and you don't get the one. All the time you watch football matches, and you're like, I could easily watch another half hour of my, that. Uh, that's brilliant. And all the Never time, agrees. and all the time, <laughs> and all the time, there are also matches where you think, God, thank fuck, we don't have to sit through another half hour of that. Yeah. It was awful. And whether or not it's entertaining, it doesn't really make a difference and if that happens, penalties or extra time if, is a better way of if solving. that happens it, take the Golo Cruz Banfield game as, as an example at the weekend because it was such terrible no one gets a winner no goals were scored we don't want to see any more of it both teams go out and then whoever's already got through in the other game that's just a buy for them in the next round because the other teams don't deserve to go through I realise I'm sounding even crazier than more points I make. <laughs> so you're saying, but still, no more out. So you're saying, neither team can score in 120 minutes, just kick them both out of the competition? Absolutely. That I think possibly I could get on board with. That's it, not it, a It's this new finette you've bought, Sam. The, I'm yeah. getting crazier. Probably. Would the logical extension of that not be that if nobody can win it in 90 minutes, they get kicked out of the competition, and therefore we just have to give River the competition? No, 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 now. no. If my, my point is if... if, I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm the, Belgrano. Belgrano <laughs> were, are, are considered the Copa de la Liga runners-up, purely off. by virtue My of My point is that... It'd be quicker. Exactly. Which is good for you. No, my point is if no one scores... After 90, like in goal, like Cruz Belgrano, then no one goes through. Football is about scoring goals. If no one scores, that, then... That yeah. is a solution that would lead to some more entertaining exactly. matches from like the 80th minute on. Exactly. Um, Tom Robinson has a very juvenile question. I loved it. Which is, is it fitting and anatomically correct that Maipu didn't go up when Colón and Arsenal both went down? It is possible, by the way, that um, the fact that I have pronounced those two club names correctly in Spanish makes the joke a bit less obvious. So you might have to go and see the tweet actually written down. I did, uh, not to blow my own trumpet, but I did retweet it saying that uh, Almirante Brown intensifies as well. Indeed, anyway. does, I guess. All I will say is that one of those names, I wouldn't want to go up. And two of them, I wouldn't want to go down. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. Very name. good, Tom. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Corey Almond, or, or Almond, I don't know how you pronounce it as a surname, uh, asks a question that we've been asked lots of times in the past, but not for a while. I don't think Chris has, to be fair. I don't think Chris has, yeah. Uh-oh. And we haven't been asked it for a while, and every time we do get asked it, we say, well, you know, it's nice to remind people and to tell new listeners as well, yeah. uh, which is, who do each of you support and why? One Argentine club and one club from outside Argentina, national team two. So, Chris, since you've not answered this question before, as far as we can remember... Who do you support and why from inside and outside Argentina? Uh, I, even though it's uh, Argentina-themed podcast, the easy answer for me for outside is Plymouth Argyle. I'm from Cornwall, so they're the nearest team that 
when I was younger who actually kind of had any higher standing. Truro City, where I was born at the time, were very much in the lower depths of the Cornish leagues. Now they're Conference South or something close to that, so they're getting there, but it might take another 30 years before they get anywhere. Uh, so yeah, Plymouth Argyle are my uh, outside team. Um, and here, uh, Atlanta, uh, Vichyclefbo, where we are at the moment, were, um, was my first place I lived here, so I, I have a very uh, big soft spot for Atlanta. They were the first game I went to see here, um, of an Argentine game. I did go and see a River game in the Libertadores, but um, yeah, Atlanta. Um, and I do have a little bit of a soft spot for Boca, but um, I won't shout that too loudly at the moment, given what's happening. Dan? Uh, as you may have noticed, I have certain uh, sympathies for Racing. Um, now I've been a member of Racing for uh, 13 years now. How long have you been in Argentina? 14 years. There you go. Uh, I became a fan about three weeks into coming. Um, not that it was particularly my choice. You know, my mates from around the neighbourhood were all Racing fanatics so and just decided to take me down to games. Did you become a socio before or after we recorded the first episode? Of the timeline's a little hazy because... I, say, I, I thought you'd been a member already when we started recording, but I can't remember when you first mentioned it. So. The timeline's a bit hazy because I think the first six months or so of 2010, and perhaps all of 2010. Um, I used to go to games using um, a friend's membership card. Mm -hmm. um, he'd moved to Israel, uh, so I just paid his quota, paid his dues, and, and he used to go on with that. And then at some point after that first year, or during that first year in 2010, I went and became a, a member myself. It was a very moving moment. Before, friends came with me. In the absence of hard evidence either way, I'm going to make an editorial decision and say that it was after in that case because I have a vague memory of you mentioning that to me. Mm -hmm. And I think you and me, had, we knew each other, but I think we'd met probably two or three times before we actually started recording. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say probably that you became a member in early 2011 or something. So you recorded That's the first few episodes. That's very possible, yeah. All I know is I had a membership card yeah. in 2010. Uh, and paid the juice. it wasn't your message. It wasn't mine, but it was someone who looked fairly similar to me. <laughs> I'll wait until you've answered this, Sam, but I, and even though this is listeners' questions, I've got a question for you both similar to this yeah. topic, but I'll let you answer first. And um, Dan, uh, you, you need to answer the, the other side. Oh, yeah. Outside club. I think the other two bits, because Chris didn't answer the national team, but yeah. But, oh, uh, national team. What was the national team? What national what? team? National team, I assume so, yeah. They mentioned I mean, uh, I don't know. Um, Brighton, anyway. It's my outside club. Uh, yeah. National why, why Brighton? Just because I was born 20 mile from there, 15 mile. Nothing too exciting. I, a national team, I mean, obviously big soft spot for Argentina. Celebrated the victory uh, of the World Cup right in the obelisk and everything in the summer. But I'm, I'm, I am unfortunate. I'm Cornish, but I'm also English. So I... I, 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 I the independence. No, but I, I've, I've followed the England national team since I was... I'd say followed them. I've never been able to see them live, but uh, been a fan of them since I can remember. So yeah, still still do uh, follow them and you know almost cry whenever they get knocked out of tournaments. So yeah. And Dan, national team? Possibly now leaning a bit more towards Argentina <laughs> and England. Um, which I think's you know excusable now. I have an Argentine son. Hmm. Um, you know I'll. 
verse him in the in the glorious history of of English national football. Should get that done in in a merienda, like yes, an hour or so. Um, but yeah, I feel I feel like I get more involved, more passionate, more more moved now by Argentina games than England games. Just as I get more moved by wrestling, I'm getting there. Right? Yeah. a bit more exciting, in fairness, don't they? So, uh, yeah, especially over the last couple of years. I think even living in England, I was never overly enthralled by uh, by the national team. Like maybe I think we were talking about this on the on the Hand of Pod WhatsApp group. Uh, I remember last week when uh, Terry Venable sadly passed away. Kind of Euro '96, obviously. Massive football moment for me. I was uh, I was eleven at the time. Like in that moment where football is everything, and that was all very exciting. The semis against Germany, absolute madness. Ninety eight World Cup as well, obviously. Ninety eight was my first one. Yeah. And then, kind of after that, like Euro two thousand. Who cares? Two thousand two World Cup. Yeah, England. Brazil, that was we, we We went to school. Kind of after, yeah, like peaked in 98, and after that, it was like all downhill for my yeah. England national team relationship. And Sam? I support, Don't say Brazil. I support Manchester United. <laughs> uh, I grew up in not quite as far southwest as Chris did, but uh, in the southwest of England, but I support Manchester United. Um, I started supporting them because the first match I can ever remember watching on television was during the first season of the Premier League and my dad, who is from Oldham, was watching Oldham Athletic versus Man United and I walked into the living room, asked him who he was supporting and when he told me he was supporting Oldham I decided to support the team Oldham were playing against <laughs> and I then paid pretty much no attention for the rest of the season to what was going on um, but about, obviously after that first Premier League season which United won the league at the end of um, they became a very easy club to support without getting bullied in primary school mm. just because everybody else did uh-huh. so I started supporting them for that reason continued to support them because there's something in my head that says you can't change your club once you do a bunch of the kids who I was not getting bullied by in primary school by virtue of supporting the same team as them then when we got to secondary school decided they were Bristol City fans and then were all twats so that made it quite easy to not like Bristol City. No offence to Bristol City. I know a couple of Bristol City fans now who aren't, so, you know, and they're fine. Um, so, yeah, it, it's kind of that. And my dad just took the attitude, he's not that into football, so he took the attitude that when me and my brothers were supporting United, yeah, they're from the right area of the country. So I'll encourage that because it's some kind of connection with their northern roots, even though it's not actually a connection with the team that he pretends to support. Um in Argentina, I don't really support anybody, but I am sympathetic towards River. I used to support them, and then I realised that I didn't really care when they lost matches. It's I nice to that. watch them. I like the football they historically and currently mm. try to identify themselves with, and the players that they've had. Uh, when they're playing, if I have the match on, I'll be like, oh yeah, go on, do that, make that pass, try and score that goal. Uh, I'm definitely more anti-Boca than pro-River, Obviously, on the podcast, we try not to let this stuff get in the way, but Boca often don't make it easy to not let it get in the way. Mm. Um, and yeah, and national team, like, it's nice when England win, but probably more of a shit about Argentina, really, now. I mean, I've lived, as has Dan. Chris, how long have you been there? 
Uh, on and off for, uh, since the start of 2018. And how old are you? 30. Okay, so you This might is all getting very bit, personal. Certainly, the reason I ask is that both me and Dan have definitely lived more than half of our adult lives here. I lived um, all of my adult life here. Dan, yeah, Dan's since since I was 22. Yeah. Pretty much his entire adult life here, and I moved here when I was 26. I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, I'd, I'd like England to win something. But also, during the, the World Cup last year, when it started to look like a very real possibility that England and Argentina might meet in the final... I did not want that, I agree. There were more than one occasion where I thought, fuck, that sounds like an absolute nightmare in terms of being able to leave the house, in terms of having to put up with shit from people I'd otherwise be on friendly terms been, with. It would have been quite funny if we'd have gone to the Obelisk together, this. if they had <laughs> well, You say it's funny... Um, we might not have a life at the end of it, but I you know. think it would have been all right. Like, you get on TV, people would roast you. Yeah, like, I don't want to be on TV though, Dan. This stuff, is why I stick to was, podcasts and yes, radio things. For That's me, the, there was definitely a, a large part of my brain that was kind of relieved when England went out to France and it was like, right, that's no longer a possibility. Really? Um, a rather little bit. than being like yeah. heartbroken. Yeah. I, was just, I wasn't looking forward to I it. I think it just anywhere, anyone, given where we are and given who it would have been again, like, you know, it would have been stopping Messi getting his, his goal. Yeah, like, I, I just like didn't, if yeah. It happens, if it happens in four years' time and England beat Argentina in the final, mm. that'll be like, I, yeah, great. Fine. Yeah. I don't know, I'm, I I'm like putting my be... Plymouth Argyle shirt and I'm marching straight to the obelisk of these. Um, uh, but no, I mean, you know, the other thing is that like we've we've all chosen to live here. This is true. Yeah. So it's not like you know England is part of who we are. Yes. But also, Argentina's kind of my for, at least for now is what we've chosen. My so. my question from before, uh, it, it, it'll be very brief. But before you two both got here, obviously you've mm. been here longer than I. Was there a team that you kind of from here that you were interested in more um, than? Maybe oh, once yeah. you got here that you suddenly were like, oh, actually, like, I, well, I, I the used, culture's changed. I and used I'm, to call myself a River supporter because I started actually supporting River in 2003, which was the first time I moved, uh, I came to visit here. Right. Um, so, yes, I moved here in 2010 for those who missed uh-huh. the maths just there. Um, so, yes, in my case, very, I, I spent considerably longer being considerably more uh, passionate about the outcome of River's matches from England than I did then. That's interesting. Interesting that, that while you've been here, you've cared about them less. <laughs> I, I think it's just being exposed to them more. But the other thing is that for the first year or year and a half or so that I was here, I went to most of their home games, if not almost all of them. And after that, it became increasingly difficult. And then the relegation season happened. And when they went down to the second division, it became completely impossible to get tickets for them without being a member, which I wasn't. And it became impossible to become a member who could get tickets because there was such a long waiting list. And so that was actually when I stopped going to the stadium as often, was when it kind of started to be like, oh, it feels a bit more distant now. And then they came back up and started winning everything. And it was still impossible to get to the stadium. And it was like, yeah, I now sort of no longer care as much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan? Dan, yeah. Uh, no, absolutely not. Um... I, think, I think I've heard from you, Dan, in the past that you kind of started actually really giving a toss about football when you got here, right? Yes, to some yes. Um, i completely fallen out of love with football during my time at university, which preceded directly um, my move to Argentina, uh, first of all, because I couldn't watch 
any of the games lot. No one had Sky, none of the games. <laughs> you were a student in England who couldn't afford Sky. It wasn't even on the table because I didn't really care that much either. Um, <laughs> yeah, just completely. I wouldn't say kind of hostile to it or oblivious, but it wasn't a part of my life at all. It wasn't something I actively, you know, apart from, you know, going to the pub a few times a month to watch a game if someone mm. suggested it. Um, that was about all the engagement I had, but really, yeah, got back into it. But there was no team... When I came to Argentina. But there was no team at all that you kind of even had, like, taken an interest in from here before you got here? No. No. Not in Interesting. I mean, I, I was more interested in Boca before getting here than I am now. I mean, it's like it's similar to what you said with River just a second ago. It's like in, completely impossible to get a ticket for Boca here, and um, uh, it's kind of been it's quite off putting. And I, and I do get a lot of the arguments against Boca, but at the same time, like when it was the uh, Libertadores, uh, when Boca and River famously didn't play here quite a few <laughs> about four years ago now it was one of my first appearances on Hannah Pod five years ago five years ago was it really that time oh, God, yeah. God I feel old fifth anniversary is going to be in six days time it was one of my first appearances I mean you were my first friend yeah, here not, Sam it's going to be in two weeks time really when was it that nah, must be already it was December wasn't it the, yeah but it couldn't be that late in December Sure. Anyway, sorry, Karen. No, my, my, my point being that, like, kind of, like, I, I was quite, as a kind of fresh, very fresh to Argentina at the time, it, it was very fun for me to, like, kind of be part of the, like, Boca journey, kind of get into the final, watching all the games on TV mm-hmm. and everything. And I, I think I've never been left so um, kind of out of love with football in terms of that final that never took place. At yeah. firstly it didn't take place because of the, the waterlogged pitches I remember, but then more kind of prominently all the, oh, the, fan, yeah. the yeah. fans attacking the other uh, the players and all that and then it never got played here. It was just so like disappointing. It, it could have been like the greatest uh, a really great advertisement for Argentinian football instead it was just like a complete waste and it ended up getting played in Spain, I think. Yeah. Um yeah. the ninth was the second leg. Oh, great, so in three days' time. So we are coming up to it, but slightly closer than I thought. Yeah, I knew it was closer than I was was getting confused. Three weeks would be Christmas, though. Because initially I wanted to say the 18th, and then I realised, no, that's the World Cup final anniversary that we're coming up to. And then I was like, so hang on, what day? (laughs) Yeah. So. And it wasn't the 12th. I was thinking the 12th, because that's Boca fan day, the 12th is the 12th. 12th I'll say. Since then, I've kind of dropped in and out of love with the Boca fandom, but um, yeah, Atlanta, uh, you know, it's much more fun to actually being able to go and see a game and, um, you know, Know, even though the quality of football is a lot less high, it's still it, you know there's 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 the original reasons I like football is the community aspect to it, and if you can go and see like your your local team, it's much more enjoyable. Indeed. That's all I got to say on that. Absolutely, it was a very lengthy series of answers to Corey's question, but thank you for asking it, Corey. As I said, it's it's one that we've obviously been asked many times before, but it's always it's nice to revisit it as long as it doesn't get asked again in like two weeks' time. Uh, which now, now that you've asked it, it I'll come up with a different answer else. in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's it. I think so. I think we've covered all bases. We did it. We are not going to be back next week because it seems a bit silly to record next week and just talk about the two semi finals mm. and depending on what day uh, we record, potentially also the Copa Argentina final and then just do a preview of the Copa de la Liga final. So instead, what we're going to do is probably come back in two weeks' time and talk about 
the semi-finals of the Copa de la Liga, the final of the Copa Argentina, and the final of the Copa de la Liga. And, and the whole year, basically. Yeah, yeah and, and should we do a little break. bit of a flashback on a year ago, the events? By then it will probably oh, be the year yeah, anniversary, we'll we'll we can go right. through what we've learned in I the year. I think we'll pretty much be obliged to do that. Yeah. Oh, we were going to mention that tomorrow is the Copa Argentina draw, uh, Copa America draw. So oh, we were, weren't we? Yes. Uh, Argentina, basically, Shotcara are in uh, Group 1. Yes. In terms of the balls that needs to that need to be um, And it's gonna be drawn. sixteen teams, isn't it? We don't know who this is the Copa America. We don't know who four of the Copacaf teams. Isn't this be, the yeah. Copa America that is in the United States? Yes, it America. is in the United States. The Commonwealth Nations, the ten of them, the United States and Mexico, and then there are I think they're still to be played, but there are like two finals that still have to happen to decide who the remaining Let me just uh, look it up. Eight finals you. or two seven or something like that. There are still Four spots to be decided. I don't think they've been played. But are they what like invi- like uh, the invitational spots are the US and US and Mexico, Mexico. as the top two rankings. There's no other like random because like wouldn't Qatar in the last one no, or something? No, because they're, they're allowing four other countries in Concacaf to they're playing like qualifiers. Right. Among I think it I don't think it's the whole of Concacaf. I think it's going to be the sort of next tier ranked. Okay. So I'm guessing Canada must be in a good position to. Qualify. So far, it's Jamaica, Mexico, Panama, and United States confirmed. Mm-hmm. And there's one more round, which I will tell you now. At least it's like uh, living up to its name of American ish uh, teams. I mean, it's Caribbean, but still like the Americas rather yes, than Qatar or Japan the or the Netherlands or whomever, yeah. you know, like doesn't really make sense with that. So the playoffs for the final two. Places are between Canada and Trinidad and Tobago, mm-hmm. and then Costa Rica, Honduras. That Ooh. sounds right. I was trying to work out how... That'll be a match. I, I knew that there were two matches to be played, and I was trying to work out how that would result in four more countries, but you <laughs> So it's Jamaica and which other country, apart from the States and Mexico? Panama. Panama, they're already through. Who are you rooting for? Argentina, I think. No, I mean, as in of those four teams that you just mentioned, who are you Trinidad rooting for? Trinidad and Tobago, of course. Okay, mm. right. In any question, the answer is Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> um, Always have to be behind Trinidad and Tobago. So anyway, that's that's going to be happening soon. We'll talk about it in, in a couple of weeks' time, depending on which group Argentina are drawn in. And the other thing that I will mention is that possibly next week, and if not next week, then at some point thereafter, uh, we will do what we did before I went away. Um, and we will try to meet up and record a bunch of extra episodes that will go up on our Patreon page, over the summer break. Uh, so if you would like to be part of that, if you would like to get lots more uh, extra Hand of Pod content, or indeed if that sounds like an absolute nightmare to you that you'd like to contribute to us financially, please go to patreon.com slash handofpod. You don't have to listen to all that extra content if you don't want to, uh, but we will gratefully accept your money if you decide to give it to I us. I don't want to speak out of turn, but maybe it would be good as well if um, people can suggest some topics of things that we want to cover oh, as well. Absolutely, yeah. If you um, get bored of the topics, especially to our already existing patrons who know the sort of shit that we end up discussing <laughs> on a regular basis, uh, if, if you think that you have something, then please, by all means, comment in a Patreon thread or send me a message on Patreon and suggest a topic uh, because we're always all ears in terms of ideas we frequently can't think of any and just end up doing No idea is too silly for us no. not to consider. We'll make it funny. Well, no, we don't make that kind of promise, but we'll certainly... <laughs> we'll try it. We'll consider it. We'll talk about it for longer than you would have possibly thought it's would possible. be feasible. 
but anyway, on that note, thank you very much indeed. We'll talk to you again if you're a regular listener in a couple of weeks' time. And goodbye from English Dam. Goodbye. Chris. Goodbye. Thanks for having me. And me. Thank you. And goodbye. Thank you.